What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Impact Michigan podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Abad. We're now less than two weeks away from intermittent 2019 in Ann Arbor. Intermittent is a grassroots, volunteer-operated organization that was founded in 2016. Our mission is to unite the Midwest tech community, thoughtfully nurture its development, and highlight it as a hub of and destination for entrepreneurial talent and innovation. Today's episode features Mark Hudson, the CEO and co-founder of Rocket Fiber, the fastest internet out there, certainly in the Detroit area. We get to chat about the founding story of the company, how a submission to the Cheese Factory kickstarted it all, and what happens when you deploy a give first mentality. Oh, and real quick, before I begin, I wanted to give a huge shout out to WeWork here in Detroit uh, for letting us use this podcast studio to record this very podcast in the heart of downtown Detroit in Campus Martius. Head to we.co slash podcast for more info. All right. With that, let's begin. Welcome, Mark. Thanks for having me today, Leanne. Yeah, so I typically like to start the interview off just by allowing you to sort of take the reins to an extent and then really share your story. So for anybody that doesn't know Mark Hudson, who is Mark Hudson? That's a great question. Wow. Um, So born and raised in the area, um, lived in Dearborn Heights, and then uh, my family moved out to Northville, uh, where I I went to school, graduated high school, and then I went to great Michigan State University, uh, go green. Um, and I was at Michigan State for almost six years, actually just over six years. Uh, I took the the double victory lap, as I like to call it, um, <laughs> really trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my life. I uh, actually originally went there to study horticulture, um, which is... yeah. What is horticulture? <laughs> horticulture. So uh, landscape design and construction. Okay. Um, actually was, was really dead set on um, getting into high-tech greenhouses. Uh, my, my family actually owned a greenhouse business uh, for about five years, and I always loved the idea of working in a uh, sunny, humid environment in the middle of February that was almost like being in Florida. Um, just not a big fan of Michigan winters. I've never, never enjoyed them and never done well in them. So wanted to have a career where I could work in this sunny, warm environment. And, uh, you know, you work really hard February through kind of October, November, and then you take two or three months off. And that seemed like uh, a dream to me. So went to Michigan State to study that. And actually, after my freshman year, I got an internship in a landscaping company that uh, they told me, you're the young guy and our website's broken, so go figure it out. (laughs) Um, So ended up kind of teaching myself how to code a little bit. My dad actually had a development background as well. And uh, next thing I knew, I, I fell into tech, I fell in love with it. And I switched up what I was doing at Michigan State. Um, so that's why I was there for six years. Yeah. And so, you know, as a young person interested in tech, um, I don't know what year it was at the time, but like, were you ever considering moving somewhere else to, to do that? Like, because I know probably around that time, like, oh, tech, San Francisco, Seattle, New York, like, has did that thought ever cross your mind? Um, not really, because I think I was I was pretty naive at the time. And I thought, um, I thought I could do in tech 
here in, in Michigan, in Detroit, what you can do in some of those other places, which at the time was completely false. Uh, that's that's changed tremendously over the last five years. Um, but at the time, I had this notion that, that I could build a tech company, I could do um, you know, really cool things in the startup space uh, here in Detroit. Um, and that is actually how I kind of got started in Detroit. Yeah. And so, you know, after you graduated, um, what was the next step for you? Did you immediately work for Quicken or, or what was in between that? Yeah. So that's, uh, it's kind of a funny story. I, um, uh, I, my girlfriend at the time was living in downtown Detroit. And so I started coming down here a lot and, um, starting to see the energy, uh, the change really, this was back in 2011, 2012. Um, and at the time it was like, there's a new business moving down every month or every couple months or a new restaurant opening. And it really just felt different than it had ever been before. And obviously it was very early in, in what's now happened, you know, five, six years later. Um, and so I really was just like enamored with this idea of working in Detroit. At the time, I had my own web development company. So I started a web development company um, after I graduated from Michigan State. And it was doing pretty well, um, but it wasn't doing well enough that I could afford uh, some office space in Detroit or do anything like that. And so um, I was actually at a meetup event down here, tech meetup event, and met a couple guys from Quicken Loans who were uh, software engineers. And they kind of told me about this really entrepreneurial culture that Quicken Loans has, this idea of like building building really anything that you can dream up um, that adds value to the company. And so that's pretty atypical, I think, of most big corporations, or if you really talk to people that work in big corporations. So it was really uh, kind of an interesting concept to me. Um, so around the same time, I actually started another startup. Um, it was an app for assisted living. Both of my grandmothers were in assisted living, and there's really no technology in that industry. Um, so I started a company with my dad called CareChat. We were going to try and change that. And so I made the decision to apply for a job at Quicken Loans. And that would be my day gig to fund my side gig, mm. uh, which would be CareChat, my, my nights and weekend gig. Um, and that was in June or July of 2012. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, it worked out. I, I ended up getting the job. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because I, in that story, you know, I feel like with a lot of different entrepreneurs, their journeys, that's like sort of an, an inflection point where it's like, okay, I have this idea for this thing I want to build. Like, I don't I don't know how many entrepreneurs I've heard actually apply for a full-time job so that they could pursue that. Like, what was the decision-making process that went into like your mindset at that point? Because it's like, it's so interesting to me that, you know, what went through your mind was, I have an idea called CareChat. I want to do this like let me find a way to fund it and this way that i'm going to fund it is not like it's it's sort of atypical to an extent i think yeah you know what whether it was the right decision or not my my thought process was i'm doing a lot of client work right now and client work is pretty exhausting and you're always you're always on um there's always issues there's always you know late nights weekends um, so I really wanted to get something that was steady state and stable um, that I could do, but also something that would push me to continue my growth as a developer um, and as somebody that worked with technology. So uh, I looked at Quicken Loans as an opportunity to, to build the skill set that I needed to kind of build my MVP for CareChat and also to give me an opportunity to kind of take the foot on the foot off the gas on the 
on the other side so that I could be fresh or fresher um, on nights and weekends when working on care chat. Because I found that really, you know, after a day of, of client work that by the time I, I actually have time to work on care chat, it was just not going to happen. I was burned out, exhausted. And anyone that does development work or coding knows that after you, you cross a certain point, it's almost counterproductive. Uh, so that was my thought process. And, um, you know, it was just a theory, but I think it worked out. Yeah. And, and so what point during care, during your uh, time working on care chat, were you like, okay, I don't know if this can, can go any further. Um, so there was really no point in which the idea or the company itself, I think hit a wall. Mm -hmm. Um, what ended up happening is we, we started working on rocket fiber, uh, within, within Quicken loans and, um, after right after Rocket Fiber got funded, so fast forward a year and a half, so now we're talking the middle of 2014, um, beginning of 2014, Rocket Fiber gets funded, and it was really a decision point for me personally to say, uh, this is the thing I want to do. This is the opportunity of a lifetime, and so I can't do two things at once and do them both well. And so made a very difficult decision to end the development of CareChat right as we were kind of taking it to market. So really, um, you know, built the platform over a year and a half, started, you know, doing some some MVP deployments um, with a couple of facilities and really got it kind of to a point where it, it, it probably could have gone somewhere. Um, but I had this other idea, which was much bigger than me uh, or opportunity that was much bigger than me and, and really important for the city of Detroit. So that's where I decided to... Uh, to put my time and energy. Yeah. So once I don't I don't remember exactly if Eddie shared this story, but like once that email got circulated around um, and you can go into that story if you want. Um, how how long have you been working at Quicken at that point? So I joined Quicken in, in August of 2012 mm. and the um, email that I sent, the first email I sent was in January of 2013. Okay. And it was to the entire IT team at Quicken Loans. Um, and it was essentially uh, trying to get everybody aware of what was happening in Kansas City and what Google was doing in Kansas City, which was mm -hmm. they built a 100 times faster internet network, cutting edge fiber, pure fiber network. And they had been working on that for two years. And so in 2010, they announced a project. The network went live right at the end of 2012. And all of these magical things started happening. You had uh, startups, uh, entrepreneurs, technology companies from all over the country um, that were being interviewed that were had literally uprooted and moved to Kansas City to take advantage of that that internet speed and that infrastructure. Yeah. Um, and Kansas City is a, is a great town, but not traditionally thought of as a startup hotbed, or at least it wasn't at the time. And so we, you know, I, I saw that and said, hey, this would be really special if Detroit was able to do this and knew that, um, you know, we have this this guy that has unbelievable uh, vision and passion for the city of Detroit named Dan Gilbert, who's buying buildings, investing in tech companies, um, you know, making this major real estate push, and that we probably had a built-in play even within our own buildings um, to make this thing work. So sent the email to the entire IT team. Um, and submitted it uh, to what we call the Cheese Factory, which is an internal idea portal at Quicken Loans where team members submit ideas, uh, big and small, um, on how to improve the company. Um, some of these actually do turn into new, co new companies like Rocket Fiber, um, but really it's just kind of an innovation platform that we have. So submitted the idea 
and then emailed it out to the IT team and it kind of went viral. So I think there was like over 200 people voted on it uh -huh. um, in the cheese factory and that was out of about 1,100 team members on our IT team at the time. Um, so it got a lot of traction, got a lot of people excited and uh, and no one really knew what to do with it next. Yeah, and, and so, you know, at that point after you'd sent the email, um, you met, did you already know Randy? Because I know Eddie's side of the story is he saw this and he was like, whoa, I want to jump on this. But did you already know Randy like pretty well? Yeah, so Randy, Randy yeah. actually got hired uh, on the same team as I did okay. about a month after I started. Gotcha. So Randy came in. He was a, a software engineer. I was a user interface engineer, so part design, part development. Um, and Randy was just a hundred times better developer than I was. So we always joke that um, I made things look good and he made them work. Um, so I worked really closely with Randy from pretty much the time he started um, all throughout, you know, Rocket Fiber and, and now to today. Um, and so Randy's just super smart guy. Um, him and I used to go get coffee every single day. And I actually was trying to recruit him to um, come join me on Care Chat for a while. Um, so I already knew I wanted to work with him. Mm -hmm. And Randy actually has a, a bit of a background in um, networking. So he's done some, some IT networking type stuff at some of his previous gigs. So in terms of actually understanding what a fiber network is and how it works, he was way ahead of, of, of myself. Mm. Um, so definitely somebody that early on um, was interested in the project and was instrumental in helping us get going. So uh, originally it was kind of me and Randy. We were working on it for a couple months um, with a few other people that ended up kind of falling off the project. And the, the, the story of how Eddie got involved is that um, after really we didn't get any traction on the implementation of the idea, I ended up emailing Dan directly and just saying, hey, Dan, I want to make sure you see this, that this thing went viral. And so I really think there's something there. And um, didn't didn't get a response back right away. Um, and I was kind of thinking about it and wanted to really make sure that he saw it because I figured like, you know, this guy's got 100 plus companies. He's pretty yeah. busy. I'm going to I'm going to take another shot at it. So I ended up emailing him again. And it was a couple weeks after that that I got a response. And Dan said, hey, Mark, we're aware of this. Thank you. You know, for for bringing this to our attention, we've got some folks looking into it, and um, that was kind of like when I knew this thing might actually have legs. You know, mm -hmm. the chairman of our company, this visionary guy, he actually thinks this might be a good idea, and he's asked more people to look into it. So um, it was at that point that we waited about a week, and and Randy and I and a, a couple other people, we had been kind of talking about it, and we emailed Dan one more time and said, "Hey, Dan." Um, we've got a team together. Here's some kind of preliminary findings. Um, just wanted to let you know that we're advancing this. It's not yeah. just sitting in a, in a dark closet somewhere. And Dan came back right away this time and he was super excited and he said, yeah, I'm, I, I want this. Uh, who, who can lead here? Uh -huh. and, and I remember that line very specifically. And he had copied, you know, probably a hundred plus people and some internal distros on it. Uh -huh. And and that's when Eddie got copied on the, the distro and Eddie immediately reached out to me. And Eddie was at um, Bedrock Real Estate Services at mm -hmm. the time, uh, which is our, our real estate company. And he said, hey, Mark, you know, I've been looking at smart building stuff. I find this whole topic extremely interesting for, for some of the things I've been thinking of for Bedrock. We should meet. Yeah. And so the next day I went over to his office and, and you know, for, 
the statement love at first sight it was it was love at first sight from a business perspective <laughs> uh, i think we ended up talking for three or four hours uh just sitting in his office and, and not just about rock fiber but just really just getting to know each other uh so so hit it off and um i said hey eddie you know i think you uh i think you should come meet randy and, and the three of us got together and the rest is history the three amigos were formed and and that's really the uh the founding uh story for rocket fiber and it was really from that point for another year plus that the three of us um really worked very very hard on, on building this idea and, and gaining enough momentum internally uh to get it to a point where it was ready to, to pitch to dan and his senior leadership team directly at netscout we assure and protect the connected world we transform and accelerate the way our customers deliver deploy and secure services and applications across physical, virtual, and cloud environments. NetScout's smart data technologies provides continuous, uniform visibility and automates the precise identification of risk and performance status across all connected services and their interactions. From the network edge and across all services, allowing IT and network teams to deliver the most superior user experience. Learn more at netscout.com. All right, with that, let's get back to the episode. Growing here in Detroit, um, especially you know with the advent of, of Google Fiber and, and other fiber networks, um, what do you think has been the biggest challenge so far? Maybe not including them, but but in general. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been a lot of challenges along the way. I think um, I think Detroit still has a ton of opportunity to look introspectively at ourselves and say, are we are we working together? Are we really working together? I mean, there's there's so many great partners that we have, but along the way, there's been a lot of people that I feel like don't don't get the broader picture. Meaning, if we work together locally, we all benefit. Versus, you know, I'm, I'll hire some other company from out of state, and just because I don't even want to have a conversation with somebody that could be my neighbor. Right. Um, so there's still definitely some some old guard type mentality. I think it's changed quite a bit in the last five or six years. I think, um, you know, Quicken Loans and, and Rock Ventures and our family of companies have have really made a lot of inroads in that in that front, in that sense. Um, but I think there's still a ton of opportunity for us to really say, are we helping each other? And that's that includes Rocket Fiber. Like are we are we doing everything that we can to support other companies, other entrepreneurs in our ecosystem and making sure that we approach it from a give first mentality, not a what can you do for me mentality, but really how can I help you? Um, because what we found over time is that things come back three or four fold um, when we are truly a give first mentality. So um, again, a lot of opportunity there. It's changing. Uh, we're seeing a lot of amazing things happen in terms of bridging of ecosystems with Ann Arbor and Detroit mm -hmm. and our friends at Duo Security have been yeah. absolute leaders in that and they've been amazing. And that starts with you know, Doug and John and, and their whole team, um, you know, making making it a point to go out of their way to help and to try and bridge that ecosystem. So 
Um, again, that I would say that's probably been the biggest challenge, but still also remains our biggest opportunity into the future. Yeah. And so right now, currently, what, what is the focus for you as, as the leader of Rocket Fiber? So our entire leadership team right now is extremely focused on scaling our business uh, in the B2B space. So we've, we've deployed uh, you know, residential service in downtown Detroit, um, and, and we've been very effective at that. And we're looking at how we get residential service out further faster than our fiber deployment. Um, but as a young company that does have real resource constraints, um, we've, we've identified the path to hyper growth is through B2B services. So we're working on on scaling up our B2B services, not only our product line, but our geographical footprint. Uh, so we're building into new markets like Southfield and Troy, looking at some other spaces uh, in Southeast Michigan that are high density commercial footprints. Um, and so that's something that we're really focused on right now. Yeah, any play to Ann Arbor soon? Maybe, we'll see. Yeah, that'll be cool. I mean, when I was on campus still, it was like, it was it, like Wi-Fi worked great up until like finals and midterms. It was it was horrible. It was like I can't get signal anywhere, and I would have to hotspot my way. Um, but you know, wrapping up here before I ask um, the the last couple of questions, um, is there anything that you uh, want to you know promote? This is really your time to to really just be a voice and, and, and talk about anything cool that Rocket Fiber is up to. Any expansion plans coming up soon that you can that you can tell us. Um, yeah, are you guys hiring at all? Like, Yeah, we're always hiring. Um, right now we're focused on adding more um, uh, business development professionals on our team. Our sales team is growing like crazy. Um, I'd say in terms of some of the cool stuff that we're doing, uh, we are really focused on mobility and mm. being a mobility partner. And what I mean by that is everything mobility related requires connectivity. Um, in some way, shape, or form, whether it's wireless technologies like uh, DSRC, 5G, Wi-Fi, these are all things that run on fiber um, and ultimately are backhauled by fiber. So we're working with uh, some companies uh, like Main Mobility, uh, Dirk, uh, Ford, Toyota, uh, to name a few, and we are trying to position ourselves as a company that not only provides internet service, uh, but really can go and do things in public rights of way. So when you think of permitting and construction and dealing with complicated regulatory environments, that's something that we do every day as a telecom company. So we can help provide that connected infrastructure uh, to companies that are looking to pilot new technologies and may not have the, the proper licenses or permits to do that. Um, we're also able to deploy some of that experimental wireless tech. Um, when you think of things like vertical assets like telephone poles, building rooftops, all things that we have access to in the city of Detroit. Um, that's a value add that we can provide and do it very quickly, efficiently, affordably, where a lot of the big national carriers aren't really focused on that. Um, so mobility and supporting that, and that's much bigger than rocket fiber, that really is about the future of Detroit, Southeast Michigan, and the entire ecosystem is something that we're very focused on and wanting to kind of get the word out to, to people that we're, we're a player in that space as well. Yeah, most definitely. So, so last question here, I think I'll just put these two questions no one question. Um, so, you know, um, now this podcast is, is sort of really focused on impact. And, you know, especially Michigan, like entrepreneurs, innovators, doers, etc. What have you seen has been the biggest impact Rocket Fibers had on the community? 
and what is the impact you personally want to have on the world? Wow. Uh, so biggest impact on the community, I mean, obviously the infrastructure side and enabling, you know, high speed gigabit fiber and making it at a price point that startups and established businesses alike can afford, I think is something that's been impactful. But I'd really say, you know, the feedback that we get from so many people is that, hey, Mark, you're, you're just a regular guy. I knew you five years ago. You're just a regular guy and you're able to build something. And I knew Eddie or I knew Randy and you guys are just regular guys and you were able to do something in Detroit. And, and, and sometimes people do the whole, well, you guys are amazing and all that. And I'm like, no, no, we're really, we really are just regular guys. And, and, and it speaks to the opportunity here in Detroit. And so I think just again, on the, on the anecdotal feedback is that we've hopefully shown people that there is real opportunity here in Detroit. You can do really world changing things um, from Southeast Michigan and that young people don't have to move to Silicon Valley or Chicago or New York to do that. Um, and you can build a high, tech scalable tech company right here in your own backyard um, and you can do it with people that are passionate about helping to rebuild the city which to me is is a way bigger draw and way more motivating than going out to the uh the money first me first mentality of some of those other markets mm -hmm. um you know an example of the impact is is rocket fiber is on the broadband appointment advisory committee for the fcc mm. i mean we're really in a room with with 25 other people advising the fcc on the future of broadband deployment in this country and and you know, it's a special privilege and an honor to do that. And five years ago, again, I'm just the guy living in his parents' house trying to start start my own web development company. So um, hopefully that paints the paints the picture of the opportunity that's here. In terms of impact on the world, like I'm just I'm just taking it day by day. I'm not trying to put that that pressure on myself. I mean, it's for me, it's about building a company, creating opportunity for people and making it people first. We really are big believers in people at Rocket Fiber. It's the center of what we do. People build companies. Money doesn't build companies. Technology doesn't build companies. People build companies. So we're really people focused. And I think that if we if we stay true to that, then we're gonna be successful. And I think there's a lot of good examples uh, like Quicken Loans, like Duo Security that you can point to and say, they made it about people and they were successful. Yeah. And with that, I wanna thank you so much for coming on. Awesome, Leanne. Thank you so much for having me today. All right, everyone. That was Mark Hudson with Rocket Fiber. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you haven't experienced the crazy fast internet that is Rocket Fiber, I really suggest visiting a coffee shop or a friend's office that has it. My go-to that isn't my apartment or office is Dessert Oasis Coffee Roasters in downtown Detroit on Griswold. It's like right next to a Go Saitai, a Lala Turna, um, and uh, a dog shop. And Detroit Bikes, actually. If you're listening to this show, odds are you'll love the lineup at Intermittent. Speakers include local, renowned experts like Duo Security's Doug Song, Backstage Capital's Monica Wheat, Build Institute's April Boyle, and so many more. Tickets cost $100 and can be purchased through the link in the show notes or on intermittent.org. Use the discount code PODCAST for $10 off your ticket during checkout. See you there.